1: Gentlemen, you are now entering the second Street Comics podcast, starring Mark claire and Rimzo Martinez.
2: When I say Deathlock the Demolisher, what's the first thing that comes to your mind?
1: Why? <laughs> Why not? I mean, why? I I don't know what the hell this guy is. Is he an android? Is, is, is he is he, a, is he an android? Yeah, I said android, right? Is he is he a zombie? Is he a person? What the hell is this guy, and why are we even talking about? You sound like you have a problem with my choices. <laughs> I just, you know, sometimes you pick a book, and I'm like, really? You're, you know, you. <laughs> you went to college you graduated you're an avid avid comic book collector and 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 just all things dealing with comics and we're gonna talk about this i've got sometimes i'm like what is that I have a I have a funny,
2: very relevant, unironic example. I went okay. to go pick up uh, graphic novels today and for a subtle plug, go ahead and subscribe at twenty five dollars or more. And I will go ahead and handpick a hardcover graphic novel to send to you. patreon.com dot slash second print pod. Anyway, <laughs> I was picking up good shit for people that pay good money. And I haven't actually bought myself a comic book since last October um, because times be what they are. So I went ahead and I've uh, I've really been wanting to read a good old fashioned Superman book, but I don't really want to jump into any of the current stuff because I I know a little bit of what's happening with Superman. He was on War World for a while and now he's back and, Mm -hmm. you know, his identity is back to being secret. So I know that like they tried to do a general reset for people, but a lot of stuff has happened since I was last collecting action comics at the end of the Brian Michael Bendis run, and then I was not happy with the Tom Taylor son of Kal-El because it was just 12 issues of, you know, 12 or something issues of Jonathan Kent telling me I was evil because I used single-use water bottles. So I wanted to find something that was accessible, and luckily there were three Superman miniseries that were currently out. One was a three um issue series which was rather pricey these were the the larger i don't think it was dc black label but these were larger printed books that were about ten dollars each um okay. called superman space age which was supposed to be an elseworlds tale that takes place in an alternate earth in the 1960s it was supposed okay. to coincide with like the space race and the jfk assassination so that was that was pretty interesting okay I uh, finished that this afternoon and i also got um Superman lost by uh, Greg Priest, which I'm I think the verdict is still out there. It's gonna be a ten episode. I'm sorry, it's gonna be a ten. Oh, I'm doing what Mark does. Episodes, issues, episodes, issues. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a ten issue series about Superman being trapped in a parallel world for twenty five years. So at its at its face, these are both standalone stories that you don't need to have a lot of context on in order to understand. However. Mm-hmm. They they themselves are knockoffs, and not to okay. not to be spoilery, but mm-hmm. Superman Space Age is basically a, a cheapened version of Justice League New Frontier, Here, which is a fantastic graphic novel and miniseries from the from the nineties. Um, okay. The animated film is fantastic; one of the best things that I think DC Animation has put out in a cool. in a. Oh long
1: yeah, time. that one's great. I have that.
2: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, I mean, Superman Space Age is a is a like it, it almost it, mocking mocking sounds bad, but they they almost take it and they almost just change things so that it's it's not that. But it kind of is. Okay. And I, you know, at the end of it, I'm just like, you know, this is not as I kept comparing it to that. And when right. I looked at what they did, I'm like, you know, this is just very unoriginal. Um, okay. So I would not recommend getting Superman Space Age. I mean, there was nothing really unique about the story. It had some nice artwork, but I, you know, 30 bucks, I didn't feel like I really got my money's worth. Um, okay. Superman Lost, this idea that Superman has been trapped in a, another world for like 20-something years. There have been Justice League cartoons about that. There have been Superman comics about that from Action Comics from way mm-hmm. yonder her back. Um, there was also, you know... I feel like DC is starting to copy from the copies Omni-Man from Invincible got lost in alien dimension for like 20 years. And mm. you know, that was with the uh, Invincible volume one and for Superman to basically be taking something from a copy that itself just isn't interesting. So all this to basically say, what I miss about reading comics Mm -hmm. Is reading something just sometimes just ridiculous? Like it's not intended to be ridiculous. It was intended to be serious, but it comes out as ridiculous. Third, if you're gonna copy something, copy something fucking cool and just double down on all the weird things about it. Mm -hmm. And three, I I want a comic that makes me go, "What what are they doing? Like, why did they do this?" And you know, it's that it's that random excitement that comes from well i could do this better well how could this happen or what else are they gonna try and do with this i don't get that from modern comics anymore and i haven't gotten that for a while so as i go through my handy dandy marvel unlimited app
0: uh-huh. i go
2: through it and sometimes i just find absolutely random shit and right. i wanted to go ahead and talk about the origins of Deathlock, which is going to be our topic today astonishing tales issue 25 the first appearance Actually, I don't know if this was the first appearance. It's a little debated. But for all intents and purposes, this is the origin of Deathlock the Demolisher. Uh, I first learned about Deathlock in, uh, I think it was issue 26 or 27 of New Avengers from the Brian Michael Bendis days. And here's Mm -hmm. how Deathlock was used. Deathlock was in a freaking cryo chamber. He was just being like transported from place to place because he was his body was sold on the black market. And this bad guy named the hood wanted to go fight another bunch of bad guys for turf because the kingpin was in jail. So instead of fighting them himself, he basically activates Deathlock to not only go kill everyone, but also act as like a suicide bomber. So at the Mm. end of it, he would just explode. So here it is. You think you're going to go ahead and have this guy whose name is freaking Deathlock, who looks scary as shit, who's going to fight the new Avengers. No, he's basically just used this cannon fodder to go kill some C-list villains, and then he blows up. And I just remember thinking, like, damn, there's got to be more to this guy. (laughs) So I've always had kind of a soft spot for Deathlock because I'm like, you know what? There should be more with this guy there. Somebody should do more with him. Now, years later, they would bring in Deathlock to have a pretty significant role in the first couple seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on um, ABC. Right. He basically kind of kept the same origin in many respects. And then in 2014, (laughs) 2015, they actually had a Deathlock series, which was actually not that bad. But I I, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, it it wasn't that bad. I'm actually surprised they canceled it. But the thing is, like, Deathlock – Deathlock is in this weird area. He is a conglomeration of a bunch of different characters. He Mm -hmm. is the Terminator. Mm -hmm. He is, uh, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Universal Soldier. He -hmm. is Deathstroke. Mm -hmm. You basically take all these things and you have Mm -hmm. uh, Deathlock in terms of powers, abilities, origins, and themes. So for that, it's really kind of hard for a character like him to stand on its own.
1: Yeah. And he's very much... um, I mean, they even... As I was reading the comic, they even mentioned it. They call him Frankenstein's monster, and the way they put the brain into the body and everything like that. I was like, "Yep, that's exactly how they they did it in uh, in, in that Mary Shelley's." So, it, it, I I saw some of the parallels to that. I I don't want to get into the comic right this second, but I'll tell you, like the first three or four pages of this book, it's pretty badass. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I, I really wasn't thinking it was gonna be that kind of um it's pretty graphic. Yeah. And I was I was like, wow, this is this, this is pretty strong. Um I, I agree with your comparisons with Universal Soldier and um uh Terminator and all the other things. It just for me is a did, I, I've always seen him throughout the years, even from the late eighties, mid eighties to the early nineties and everything. And I, I just didn't know how to, what to do or say to put my finger on this guy. He was like very much a, I don't know if even novelties are really right where he's just, he's very he was obscure. He a place filler. You, you know, and then it's, I, I kind of like equate him to like death's head. I mean, for all you death heads people out there, um, it, it's kind of like in the same, it's not the same, but it's kind of like in the same in which the character is there, has been there for a while. It's had titles and everything, yet really, what what have they done? Now, I I was looking through the app and everything, and I I've, I've noticed all the recent work in which he's featured in. So with that, it just shows you that I haven't read or kept up with with uh, as as much as I'd like I'd like to. But I was I was I was actually pleasantly surprised that he 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 was he's been involved in in you know some into some aspect a lot of titles you know in the last. I don't know, 10, 15 years.
2: Yeah, and I mean he's he's there to be of service to the story. I mean, very rarely, and there have been a, a couple different people who have been Deathstroke. I think what I can say is that in the in the last Deathstroke ongoing series, it's not the guy that we're reading about here. No. I it's don't not. I don't I don't remember his name, but it's not the guy we're reading about here. Um that guy had a story which was almost completely pulled out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. around the time that Disney is basically taking everything from the movies and trying to copy and paste them into the books. So it was one of those situations where it's like when you see when you see Deathlock, he's kind of just there. But, you know, what what I appreciate about this character is that this is coming at a time in the 70s where Marvel is actually pivoting from just like your generic Fantastic Four family friendly stuff. And now they're going to start covering more violent works. This is around the era that the Punisher is going to be introduced. Now we talked a little bit about the Punisher on a recent episode, in which I said with the introduction of the Punisher it marks an era in which he's introduced and then kind of abandoned, and then brought back later at a time where they want more violent characters. We're talking about uh, you know Amazing Spider-Man discussing the issue of drugs and stuff like that. So this is an era in which you know comic books forever were um constrained by the uh by the comics code authority for the little rectangle thing basically saying that parents you know liabilities on you and shit but you know they they also they they went so far away from the graphic violence that now they're actually starting to lean into a little bit more um you know I also mentioned in a recent episode that you were also starting to see this with X-Men around the time with Uncanny X-Men Uncanny X-Men is, is becoming increasingly violent through the artwork and through the stories and through the murder of characters and things like that, so I think Deathlock served a purpose in which one they need an original character because you can't have Spider-Man like snapping necks and stuff like that or Ben Grimm like you know you know collapsing skulls like grapes, but you also need somebody who is accessible to su- to a kid going to go see an ultra-violent sci-fi B-rated movie, and I think Deathlock kind of checks off all those marks.
1: You're muted. Sorry. I agree. I agree. I, you know, when, when you break it down the way you just did and everything, it just, it, it makes total sense. And, and he, you know, I, I really hope that going forward that people get to see him in a different light and everything. People get to see, not different light, but just, there's more awareness of it because he's, he's actually a pretty cool character. It's just that sometimes depending on who's writing him and what's going on the way that he is, whether he's, you know, a hitman or anything like that, or or an assassin or whether he is, you know, kind of use like cyborg and connecting to everything, like a Unimind type uh, technology type thing or whatever, just the ways that they're, that he's written, it doesn't really, doesn't really flow. And and, and then happens in comics and all characters, but this one is like, kind of, I feel like it's really different from one to the other. So if we just keep it, you know, if we just keep it like the original version, he is a badass assassin, and you know it, it, I, I, think, I think that that will definitely work a lot better, just like you know, just like the Punisher. I don't even know what's going on with Punisher. don't even get me going with that. He's a ninja warlord now, apparently, yeah, who doesn't he, use guns. he's got the god of hand or something I don't I don't I don't even know the hand I, I don't know. I I gave up.
2: Well, anyway, let's go ahead and actually jump into Astonishing Tales, issue 25. This is the origin of Deathlock the Demolisher. And I usually don't like to spend too much time on the covers, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on of this cover. First off, I love like the Robocop introduction where he's just kind of like bursting through the page. Um, you know, he's very much like Frankenstein's monster, like, you know, pulling himself yeah. off the table. You have the terrified scientists and everything. But mm-hmm. here's the, here's the weird thing about it. One, in, in the preview box, it's like, is he, is he man, machine or monster? Monster. You can't tell. What is it? You, you, you can't know till you read our fearsome first issue one. Why would you, and, and this isn't, this isn't Marvel back when they would actually change a title character mid-series for another character. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they're saying that this is a first issue. I know, I know they're doing a marketing thing because what they're trying to say is Deathlock is going to be taking over this title. But it's like, if you believe in it that much, why not just go ahead and give him his own book? Why is it Astonishing Tales featuring Deathlock the Demolisher, especially since Deathlock the Demolisher – takes up almost a third of the cover section right there. So that's really big. <laughs>
0: yeah. the, sec-
2: the second thing is like, here you have this guy who looks fucking horrifying. He does not yeah. scream superhero. He screams like, you know, crazy <laughs> villain. I think I know like, what you're going to say. Yeah. The steel smashing origin of the world's most offbeat superhero. What? Who, who, who wrote that off? Who actually wrote that and then signed off on that? That is just... That that is really counterintuitive. And then to make things <laughs> even more confusing, this is right. like this is like the rocks hierarchy of power change at DC. You just market it and then it just dies. Okay. okay. Perhaps the greatest creation yet in Marvel Age Comics phase two. One greatest creation is really wow. something that somebody really should have thought about for more than a couple seconds. Secondly. I have been collecting, researching, understanding the history of publishing across all the major brands and spending too much time on shit that doesn't fulfill me in life. But I have never heard of Marvel Phase (laughs) 2.
0: Yeah, I don't don't know what
2: that's about. I Googled this, and apparently it was a soft attempt to launch new characters and stuff Uh that basically never succeeded. So... They have a lot of money writing on Deathlock. This is almost like they did. This is almost like Marvel when they started doing movies, thinking, you know what would really benefit us? Howard the Duck. This must have been from the same brain trust
1: that did that. Yeah, it must have been. I you know, really how this is <laughs> written and everything. You know, really goes to again? Perhaps the greatest creation yet. <laughs> you have Spider-Man, Hulk, Thor, The Avengers, and X-Men, but maybe this is the greatest creation yet.
2: <laughs> I will defend Def-Lock, Deflock in many ways. I will <laughs> never defend this description.
1: No, no. This is, this is uh, a little bit too much. Gone a little bit too far.
2: Yeah, this is almost like they, they should market themselves like Arby's. It's like, are they good sandwiches? It's like, no, they have the meats or, or little Caesars. It's like, are they great pizzas? It's like they're five dollars. Well, they <laughs> were fi- they were five dollars. Rest in peace, discounts. But they, um, you know, it's like they're they're not the greatest pizzas. They're hot and they're ready. But that's, it's like yeah. you got you don't yeah. need to yeah. undersell. You just need to state what it is yeah. and leave it on the table. <laughs> This would be a great cover if they just took off all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I think that also states how little confidence they actually had in this comic.
1: Yeah, they were really trying to sell the hell out of this thing. And, but, but you know what, it, This is a generational thing also because in the 70s, there was always a lot of like little introductions or little thing this and that. He's man. He's this. He's not. He's actually that. You know, it's always some shit like that going around. Yet in this example – this is batshit crazy. This is, come on, guys, come on. Yeah, and I gotta talk about his uniform. Whenever we get a little further on, I just need to ask one pertinent question.
2: Well, let, let's go ahead and jump into that with the first page because they leave a they they leave very little to to work with here. You turn the first page and you get Stanley presents Deathlock, the Demolisher, and basically what we get. And, and I like how the kind of used to do intro pages and stuff. We get full standing. Uh, illustration of Deathlock basically holding out his laser revolver and the story is a cold night's frenzy and basically what he's doing is he's going to hunt down uh, some, uh, some dude basically and he's going to go kill him and what we're basically getting is a whole ton of exposition about you know how he's just blindly efficient and how he always gets his man and everything I mean he's, he's Robocop He's yeah. basically Robo- RoboCop. I'm not even going to bother Robo-Cop. reading this. It's like he's basically <laughs> a <good> RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, That's I don't good. know I don't know what was with Marvel and like it's not even like a Strongman onesie. It's almost just like they went through this period where it's like all the dudes were also wearing bathing suits. Now, if you're going to make someone wear a bathing suit, I, I mean, this really makes it look like Deathlock had his Junker move, too. Um, you know, I just I've never I've never you know, I I I defend a lot of comic illustrations where it's like, "Oh, it's just paint on bodies," but it's like, you know, in a way it's like he is badass, but this is not the most badass costume I would have given some guy. I'm calling the Demolisher. He looks more WWE at this point.
1: Yeah, he he's he, he's got like a leotard on, basically. Yes he's got a leotard can. on <laughs> with the belts and hot red shoes,
0: <laughs> hot red boots. <laughs>
2: Well he's got a knife on the side. I mean he looks like the he looks that like looks a G- he looks like a G.I. Joe reject to a degree.
1: Yeah, he looks I'm not like saying like that in that, an
2: insulting way. I mean he looks yeah. like an action figure.
1: He looks like a broke uh 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 snake eyes. Yeah you know, <laughs> snake, snake eyes, snake eyes. <laughs> had to put shit together it doesn't match. Whatever. <laughs> 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 That's what paint black. black. <laughs> <laughs> I'll i I'll tell you what though. Like again, when I when I saw this page, this is a pretty cool spread this is pretty cool first pace to open it up you know and the guy is you know he's he's double is he double fist well let me retract that is yeah. he um holding the pistol with two hands oh my and gosh he just, like he's like for real
2: yeah he actually like is aiming and everything and i mean yeah i always like I, I think maybe they explain it later i was always a bit confused why why the gun has a cable going through it that attaches to his belt i think they explain it in a little bit
1: but um but yeah. Yeah, that always got me the cable. I, I never really the cord. I, I didn't really so, always so that way why. when they
2: license the toy rights and kids complain yeah. about losing the guns, they could be like, no, this one has a string attached. It's right. a
1: string attached.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like I mean, I just I don't say this in like an insulting way. It, this looks like a big toy opportunity, but I don't think parents in the 70s were gonna buy a toy called Deathlock the Demolisher who looks like an <laughs> androgynous cyborg assassin for their kids.
1: <laughs> androgynous!
2: I mean, I don't think that's a unitard. They need to, like, <laughs> scroll him around to a 180. I want to see how much Cheek is out there, because he's, oh like, one... God. He's one wedgie away from being a UFC <laughs> ring girl.
1: Yeah, no, I it mean, it, it, it looks... Yeah, the, the outfit is, is is not great, but... Yeah. My thing is, is I, I've, I've never heard him combined with the Demolisher afterward. That's, I don't think that was ever a thing or something try, that I paid attention to.
2: At one point, they try calling him uh, Deathlock the Terminator, but then mm. that basically gets pulled out. Yeah. But then later, Deathstroke becomes Deathstroke the Terminator.
1: Huh.
2: And then it just gets weirder because then you have like the real Terminator, which is out during both. So it's kind of like, uh, guys, you can't really you can't really run off that anymore. Sorry, cut that but it's out. Not, it's not as bad as like you know the whole Captain Marvel confusion and oh, shit. It's I'm not like started. that. But anyway, so Deathlock is chasing this guy, and he's he's just like you know scary as shit. He's chasing him, he's chasing him, he's chasing him, and his target is running. And in six panels, you see this guy, and I, I this is what I like about. The 70s. The 70s me. gets really creative with their panel layout. And I think that's what yes. I really enjoyed about this. So you have yes. the sequence in which this guy is basically running, oh. he's tripping, and he's screaming, like, please God, no, don't don't hurt me. And you see Deathlock coming around a corner. He grabs a steel I-beam, and you can see like part, like one of his arms is like completely robotic. And as he grabs onto this I-beam, he actually puts a dent in it. So, like it's a very subtle feature. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those moments where it's like, shit, like this guy is fucking strong. And then mm-hmm. he's shooting the dude and he shoots him in the back. And, um, you know, it's just it's just very quiet. He hasn't said anything. I mean, usually they would have a different type of origin or they would mm-hmm. go ahead and have him speaking. So you get more of a personality. We're going on for several more pages. And you see this guy, he, he's running through a rough part of town. He almost gets roughed up, but he's not afraid of these hooligans, you know, pulling out a knife on him. Like, you're on the wrong side of town. And he's like, fuck you. That guy has a robot arm. I am leaving. So he's like running and running and running. Um, you know, then, you know, he gets to the last panel in which you just see him run up to the barrel of a gun. And all you see is the barrel. of it. And he runs, face, you know, he runs head onto, it and he's just like, oh, shit. And before you know it, Deathlock just basically grabs the guy and he's crying and screaming. And it's really excruciating because they even zoom in on his eyes. He's just got tears running down his face. He's like, I beg of you. And Deathlock is just like, yes, fire. So he puts the gun to the guy's chest and just starts like blasting him. And and this is what's wild because this scene almost reminded me a little bit of the end of Blade Runner. Um, where the guy gives the speech about like, you know, are we, are we birds in the wind? Do we have a purpose? All that type of shit. Mm -hmm. But instead the guy is, he's, his chest is like, this is wild. His chest is just cratered and there's steam coming out of it. Um, (laughs) But he still has to go ahead and put out this little, you know, Blade Runner soliloquy. Um, He's like, your voice, you're not human. You're a robot, an Android, a cyborg with no feelings, no remorse, just an inhuman machine. I pity you. Pity and I gotta you. say, I'm focusing on the giant crater in his chest with the smoke coming out. I think mm-hmm. I don't think he'd be saying anything. But, yeah. I mean, I I just I, I just kind of like it because as he's talking, as the guy is growing bluer, showing that he's you know he's he's growing colder. You see Deathlock mm-hmm. just running away and he's hunched and he's not replying. And you know, it, it does it does kind of state. You know, kind of what we're working with. So I got to say, for an introduction in the first three pages, I am
1: very impressed. Very impressed. I mean, uh, like you said, the paneling is really cool, especially on this last one that we just talked about. There's like, if you guys watch this, there's like three panels right in the middle of like deadlock getting closer and closer to the guy's face. And it goes from a small panel to a medium panel to a large panel. And the large panel is where you see the guy's eyes and, he, and, and, and he's crying. And that, I mean, it's just really well done. Um, he told, I mean, he really is, he's, he's, he's a badass. Like the very first couple of pages that we talked about, I mean, it, it pans in from his eye, uh, but then in, in his eye, there's like a shadow of the guy he's chasing. So back up to half of his face and then to his torso up. And then you actually kind of see what he looks like. And then there's some paneling in the middle. that's just really great with like uh, the guy falling down. And it's like seven individual panels that go across from left to right. It just, I this is a good book. The first three pages, I'm like, damn, I wish, you know, I wish I would have known about this earlier because the way that it was, the way it's constructed as a comic and the way that you can follow as a, as a, as a reader is great. And then a lot of the stuff that's in here, it's really cool. Great. Well, you're going to have seventies talk and you're going to have, your cliches on here and if i'm not mistaken isn't he like arguing with his operating system through this whole time part of it yeah right part of it yeah so he's he's so it's kind of like knight rider also he's you know he's fucking around with kit kit's not listening to what michael and i had saying. so it's, it's it's up until that point i'm like man this is this is a solid book
2: yeah and i mean for, for the next section they just jump into it they they don't while they definitely are good of how they pace stuff, it's a pretty fast paced book and there's very yeah. little exposition, which is why I like, because I think a good comic is show don't tell. Yeah. And this, this really does do it. So when you take away all the corniness that we kind of just threw out as a disclaimer mm-hmm. at the beginning, like what I like about it is like, they don't, this is not Adam. No, actually let me, let me rephrase that. This is almost like Adam West doing Batman. Adam West never intended for it to be a comedy he always said, and he said this to Burt Ward and everyone who ever did the show with him, he's like, don't think of this as a comedy. Don't treat this as a satire. Treat this completely seriously. And even though it came out as such, you know, when it's done right, it's done right. And I think Mm -hmm. these first three pages, I mean, it it certainly caught my attention because I was going through this. I'm like, oh, it was going to be a lot of exposition. It's going to be a cheesy sci-fi film on paper. No, they've done very well. And for the next section, we basically get... um, a flashback sequence. And when Mm -hmm. we hear somebody saying a pity, we failed the patient's dead for all intents and purposes. And then we just have this, like, you know, JK Simmons type of guy come in. He's like, but you have isolated the portion of his brain and kept it alive as ordered. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, I, what was I going to say, sir? Like I wasn't going to do. And this is where we're introduced to a guy named Riker. Riker Mm -hmm. is, I would say your Thaddeus Ross. He's your Colonel Lane. He's your token evil army guy who's working in special ops and crazy shit who's always like you know a bad day away from trying to overthrow the government of brazil or something so um you know basically what we hear is that this uh this guy colonel manning was the most brilliant military strategist alive and what he wants to do is he wants to preserve his knowledge for a military experiment and this this surgeon is just like um Yeah. I mean, we can preserve it like a frozen vegetable, but Riker, I want you to know you've initiated the most ghoulish surgical procedure since Frankenstein. And the guy is just like, Oh, I'm totally aware of it, mister. There's been a war
1: for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: War going on since 1983. And it's just like, what war? Are, are, you, like, <laughs> are, are, are you like fighting the Contra right now? Like, what's going on, man? Um, and he's just like trying to justify it. He's like, Manning was so aware of it, so aware of it that um that he got half his face and all of his right arm blown off by by a cushion bomb. And he just goes on screaming more. And he's like, If we're going to win this war, uh we need soldiers who won't get splattered all over the over the battlefield. We need <laughs> sorry i just god damn (laughs) it's great (laughs) yeah (laughs) i (laughs) mean he would be a great salesman for raytheon and northrop grumman uh we need super soldiers men with bodies of steel and minds of computer precision men who function with the infallibilities and fearlessness of machines so if you've got any complaints about working of project alpha mech doctor I suggest you. Uh, I suggest you bring them up at your court martial. It's like, god damn. damn. <laughs> so if this is like. If this is like in the eighties. Oh my God, this is like. Um, oh, this is like a Dick Cheney <laughs> wet dream. I mean, I can imagine this going past Reagan's desk, and he's like, "Well, mm, I'm not against raising the dead because I am a good Christian, <laughs> but." We can't take money from the Iranians to give to our good friends Noriega, and then expect our soldiers to just get splattered all over the place. I mean, what are we uncivilized? Go ahead and go with Project Alpha Mech. It's as strong as Project Star Wars. So, yeah, I dig this. I'm I'm totally down with oh, this. Is, if this is the context. So we yeah. Continue. I mean, it
1: is what it is, right? <laughs>
2: This is your token. I mean, this is your token. um, It's a military experiment gone wrong or gone right type of deal from the 80s. I mean, just just lay it thick. That's the exposition I need. That's the exposition I need.
0: I mean, Um, shit,
2: go hard. uh, For real. You see, President Gorbachev, we have a death lock. And do you know you have starvation? (laughs) Checkmate, bitch um we go on and and what we see is that the scientists and i can only equate this to like um you know the the way they make it look in the surgical room and everything i mean this is like dark inspector gadget or um you know uh what was it lee majors on crack as he's becoming the bionic man right right They're basically like you know stitching this guy together and they're just like oh man this is kind of weird and you know, they're, they're talking in all this surgical talk and they're like, man, we this guy has like glass in him and he's half robot. And it's just like, is, is Riker just going to watch us do this? I mean, I like my box watching me do shit, nonetheless put together a dead body I'm about to weaponize for democracy. But um, you know, they, they go ahead and put them together. And then lastly, they pull out Manning's brain and they stick it in the body and then, the, you know, my, one of my favorite things is they're like, damn, like there's there's still some taxpayers who wouldn't like the idea of the military spending its time making monsters. <laughs> this is this is not allegory. This is like a straight up. <laughs> this is a straight up criticism of the military industrial complex. Yes, I think there are more than some who would be upset with us raising the dead to turn them into war, into like freaking assassins and stuff.
1: Um, Oh, my God. uh,
2: And then you have this other guy. They're like, who designed the prosthetic arm anyway? And they're just like, top secret, but supposed to have the tinsel strength of forged steel. And it's like, yeah, that's why they made it look as menacing as, as possible. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they put the brain in, and next thing you know, he just starts, like, coming alive. And it's it's really I, – I actually think how they did this is really interesting because they show enough of him so that you know it's the same death like you saw before. But this is yeah. when you really start to be like – you start to look at this, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, he's a human, and he's coming back. And this is, this is truly of Frankenstein proportions because in the bottom panels yeah. of this page, you see the shadow starting to just disappear. And as he opens his eyes – You've got the one like bulging, like you know, Uncle Ruckus eye, and then you have the eye of a human, and that's the first time I really notice it. It's like, yeah, he's a man distorted. He is a man, uh,
1: no more. And again, I mean that that those pa- those panelings at, at the bottom just really well done. Just like, it's kind of like the evolution, or like him coming into the light, really, and it it looks really cool. I mean, it it's really again this, <laughs> it's really well it's really well done. Now, why they're, why they're putting a prosthetic arm together with a little screwdriver and not like something more high-tech like a drill or something? Eh, okay, do you. And then the, the general or whatever just standing there pushing buttons on the wall. Yeah, this works. <laughs> over, over, Overseeing everything. I mean, it really is uh, – I, I, I can't say it. No, I, I really dig this book. <laughs> really, this is this is a treat. This is a treat for me. But on, the, the paneling and, and the art is actually pretty solid.
2: Yeah. Now the next few pages I'm gonna kind of gloss over. If we haven't figured yeah. it out by now, um, they're jumping between flashbacks and modern day. So modern day Deathlock is a hitman, and he has more cognizance uh, about him. And then the flashbacks are going back to actually explaining his origin. So I like it this way. Um, yeah. It's never just you know straight bam boom bam you know by the end of it you kind of just have everything in linear fashion. I like the contrast because what it shows is that there's a lot in between to be explored, and it adds more depth and complexity to otherwise what would typically be a pretty simple character. Um, but what we learn is that Deathlock is basically turned into a hitman. He's a mercenary for hire. Uh, he ends up getting into a fight with the guy that hired him. And he's just like, you know, I'm kind of done with the shit. And the guy's just like, uh, no, you work for me. And, you know, I don't waste time with freak or, freaks or freak machines. And, you know, Deathlock just kind of like, you know, smacks his hand like a child. And he's like, I don't have time to waste on punk thugs. So before right. he leaves, the guy tries to pull a gun on him. But he starts going around like, you know, killing people because that's what he does when he gets into a disagreement. So then we get back into a flashback and um you know we, we basically see him going through the equivalent of like his rocky 4 montage he's just like mm-hmm. learning how to like destroy and kill shit and what we have is that um who was it do they explain who the chick is yeah can we talk about that because she just comes <laughs> in so here you have like this top secret military facility and you have this much <laughs> younger woman wearing like you know, barely a thigh-high dress. And my first like a nightgown. Yeah. yeah, my first thought is like, oh, it's a prostitute. This must be an American-based out-of-country. But, oh, you know, that's not. You just have her – you just have this random chick here, and he's like trying to, you know, turn her on by showing her, her his, his robot
1: death zombie. So uh, look, Look what's a, even creepier on this thing. Look at his face on it. That weird smile and everything that he has as he's – That's a – it's like – It's almost like he's turned on. (laughs) I want to know what he's doing with the
2: other dead bodies that they obviously (laughs) mentioned on. All right, everyone leave the room. I'm doing this for freedom. Um, America. America. So yeah, he's just like, uh, you know, this guy demolishes the seal girder effortlessly. Yes. His artificial arm is more than adequate. And then the chick is like, but he's so repulsive. Just looking at him makes my flesh crawl. Do I have to watch this demonstration with you, Simon? And he's just like, I, I, I should think you'd want to share this moment with me, Nina. It's my finest. It, it's, it's the finest of my life. A dream sculpted into glory. It isn't every major who can dupe the entire military into funding his private obsession. Listen. All right, Doc. Give us the rundown on him. And, and this is where we have like the long ass exposition. Now, I, I will actually go ahead and read this because what's funny, and Marvel doesn't do this anymore, they have like they have like a a, a split panel. all I can explain it is a really fancy Instagram grid where multiple things go ahead oh, and okay. form one image um, That's a good for, the, for, for the Zoomers out there. Okay. And um, they actually have like little arrows pointing to like parts of his face. So mm. it goes ahead and they start saying, uh, very well, Major Riker, as you know, Project Alpha Mech involves the technological improvement of man by retaining a shred of Colonel Luther Manning's consciousness, specifically that portion of his brain uh, governing strategic allocations. We've been able to establish a basis for the integration of miniaturized relay circuits. These circuits are protected by steel plate implants in the skull and Mm -hmm. control control motions and other functions, such as mnemonic lens, which substitutes for uh, Manning's destroyed eye. So much of Manning's face was destroyed – in fact that we had to virtually reconstruct it with metal and replace the pulverized bone um, and basically like he's he's fucked so he's Robocop <laughs> and I think I read that all out of order but yeah he's, he's Robocop. Robocop they're just like look he has an antenna there and yeah. at one point they're just pointing to his face they're like that's metal and I'm like thanks for explaining because I had no clue what the fuck that was <laughs> <laughs> and um as he's continuing through his uh his his um his Rocky Four montage where he's doing pole vaults and stuff, I mean they're just they're just having a fun talking about how easy it is for him to kill people. And you know, they they give him a knife and stuff, and they still don't explain why his why his laser pistol has a fucking rope to it. But this general is just like really trying to I think she's a hooker. I think he actually wants I, I I think she's a hooker. She's given the hooker. She pulse. has to
1: be because look how short that dress is. Yeah. Um, in this panel you can really see him like, oh girl.
2: Yeah, it's like <laughs> this is it, this is not, you know, visit dad at work or visit <laughs> yeah. your husband at work. At all. Why are yeah. you in a super secret military institution? <laughs> yeah, nothing about this makes right. Nothing <laughs> about this seems right. So Anyway, now we zoom back to the present, and he's just murdering people. And, I mean, what's crazy about this is he throws a knife at somebody like fucking John Wick. And mm-hmm. it just, like, he hits him so hard. It blasts another crater through this guy's back. <laughs> yep. Like, this is just, this
1: is like Rambo shit. Like Yeah, you would have like, figured that he had shot him with a shotgun or something, the way this hole is. But, no, it's a it's a knife. It's a nice-looking knife but it rips this guy's like like there's a there's like you said there's a extremely large hole going out the back of this guy. Yeah,
2: and like they um this is totally not getting approved by the comics code authority even <laughs> no. though we're still around at that point which I Denied. love. Yeah, but anyway um so they they basically go back to another flashback and what they show is that you know they they constantly had to try and like mess with his brain and everything. It, it gives off a lot of blood of bloodshot vibes. Um, yeah. I mean, of them trying to like you know mess with his memory and everything. and are right, trying to right. talk about you know how much of his humanity can he maintain. So it's a, it's a long long section of a lot of exposition from the scientists and Riker. But basically, uh, much like bloodshot, Manning just like loses his shit and decides to start killing all the scientists, almost like Wolverine Weapon X. So he's just like freaking murdering people. He's kicking down doors, and eventually we go back to the modern story in which he finds the criminal kingpin that's refused to to you know pay him for his shit. And he's just like nothing's got to stop me, not even nine inches of solid steel. When it stands between me and a hundred thousand bucks, man, that must have been nineteen seventies money, where a hundred bucks, is, where a hundred thousand bucks is a lot. Um, but he's like. I hey, think oh, <laughs> i'd still take that but i wouldn't like go around i wouldn't go to war with another gang for a hundred thousand dollars like let's add That's the true. context like you know a hundred thousand dollars is a lot a hundred thousand dollars to go kill a bunch of people and start like you know putting a cartel hit on my head is not worth it no um, it's not worth it so he goes to the sky and he's just like here i i i offer and there's some 70s talks he's like all right bigs i offer two pigeons where's my money and the guy is like, "Money? What does a machine need money for?" <laughs> and Deathlock is like, "Let's just say I'm tired of being a machine." And the guy's like, "Well, I got news for you, Tin Man. There ain't no money. Thanks for doing the job." I don't fucking know. What's is it? Is it Grazi? Gratis? Is he speaking? Gratis.
1: D- D- thanks for doing the job. Gratis. Free. Take oh. a student job for free.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, that explains yeah. everything now. See, yeah. folks, comics are educational. <laughs> so speaking of educational, <laughs> uh, Deathlock takes this motherfucker to school, jumps oh on him like a boss, and now he's just fucking wailing on him. And in his mind, this is where we actually start to get some uh, inner dialogue from Deathstroke. He's like, Shut up, shut up, shut up. And he's just like beating this dude. But what you begin to see is that he starts looking at him and they're like his flesh is tearing off, not Deathlox, the guy he's been fighting. And what he begins to realize is he's not human. He's a cyborg, a rotten, yeah. lousy, stinking cyborg. And maybe that makes you feel violence is useless on him. huh? But me, that makes me want to rip him, to shred. So he starts actually like tearing this guy apart. And what you begin to realize is that, you know, uh, uh, some time has gone by and this was all part of some plot by Riker to find a way to get Deathlock back involved with whatever crazy bullshit he's doing. And at this point, what you realize is that Riker was that uh, crime boss, and Deathlock has pretty much figured it out. And he's like, Ah, most impressive display, Deathlock. And Deathlock's like, That's your voice, Riker. Then you were behind the cyborg. And Riker's like, Yes. And now that you've killed him, the two men who were out to stop Project Alpha Mech, um, I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be creating many more cyborgs. Then they'll be uh, laying for, for you, Deathlock. They'll be lurking in every alley, hiding, low, h- hiding, uh, following you, hounding you, all, all of them indistinguishable from human beings. You shouldn't have uh, let your plan slip, Deathlock, because now I'll be, uh, now I'll never rest until I've stopped your intended brain transplant. So basically what he's trying to do is he's trying to take his brain – This is what I found out later. He's trying to take his brain and put it into a clone body of his. So at this point, you know, Riker's just like, we can't have that shit. The few taxpayers who are okay with us bringing the dead back to life to turn them into universal soldier don't want them to actually obtain any humanity again. So what ends up happening is uh, the prostitute comes back and she's like, Simon, are you? And she's like, oh, my God, that's not a regular Zoom call. She looks behind him. And he has, like, the back of his head exposed. And you just see a fucking microchip and gears. Yeah, and it's tip. like a circuit breaker. Right there. That's some old Macintosh shit right there. And she's just like, oh my god, Simon, you were a cyborg! And he's like, an obvious deduction, my dear Nina. And also, your last. Yeah, she's totally a hooker, because she's about to end up in the back of a car. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's... and Her, her, her wardrobe crisis. hasn't
1: changed much from our first no that's what she wears on thursdays
2: um you know every work has a uniform so that's the end of it that's 15 pages of us getting a pretty succinct story but the thing is it's like what i like about it is if i were to say it linearly it's super simple unoriginal Mm -hmm. almost bland if Writers and artists can make a simple story and how they structure it with their page layout by having the two parallel stories that eventually converge at the end and with their artwork make it look more interesting. Mm-hmm. That's how you know they've actually done something really creative. So, Deathlot yeah. Corny, yeah, is the story pretty basic, yeah, but it's a lot of freaking action you get for this book. The way that everything is done looks beautiful. I'm really happy with how they were able to structure the story and three it's just a whole lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so, totally. I totally agree, man. I uh I recommend this book like if you guys just want to have a good time just reading something quickly, this is exactly this is exactly it. I love the fact that whenever they tell Deathlock that he's ugly or something like that, he immediately pumbles LAUGHTER Immediately bubbles up. And it's, it is. It's so great. It's like you, you ugly stinking robot. <laughs> it's like it's like. Well, you, now I have it, an excuse. <laughs> now you're done. And uh, oh, it's it's just it's it's really it's really great. It, listen again. The paneling on this last page when he's like tearing this damn cyborg apart. You have to look at it like i don't know a a couple of times because for me i I thought it was a guy i'm like damn he's really destroying this guy (laughs) and then i look closely I'm like oh these are parts flying all over the place it's hey, it's not the best artwork i've ever seen but the paneling and how those stories told and how the damage is inflicted that's the really cool part how the damage is inflicted from panel to panel it's really it's 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 great work
2: yeah and i didn't expect Colonel Jeffrey Dahmer to be a cyborg either. So when I saw that (laughs) happen, I was like, "Damn, this is a big ass conspiracy!"
0: Oh
1: my god! I can only imagine
2: Reagan figuring out. Well, we can't (laughs) taxpayers knowing that we have a bunch of half human, half robots in the federal government. That just won't
1: fly. (laughs) You figure that uh, that you know in, in all of these instances there is a. Well, my dog is making noise. Maui. Enough. Sorry everybody. Um, it's going to keep going. I'm going to walk and talk. She wants so- to know
2: if Nina was the prostitute too. <laughs>
1: so you know it, it just it just works well, you know, in every government agency or in any kind of anything, um, you know, there's a hooker somewhere around, uh, uh, earning her keith. You know, so and she's vastly younger than 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 Riker. Like Riker looks like he's got liver spots. I mean it's it's really it's really bad. So yeah, but it it, uh, it, it, works. Yeah, it works.
2: Uh, Let's go ahead and jump into ratings. Uh, Okay, I'll uh, I'll I'll take this one first. The artwork is very classic seventies. Uh, what I do appreciate is the fact that they don't hold back the violence, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's dated in terms of, like, you know, the charts section where they have to point out, like, that's metal. That's a bolt, like, stuff like yeah, that. Right, like, you can still right. tell it's very old, but um, it's very thematic in how they lay it out. Like, it's almost like watching a movie in certain mm-hmm. areas. So, for that, I'm I'm going to be really nice. I know if Mark okay. were here, he would probably go a tick lower than me, but I'm actually yeah. – Given the context and the era and everything, I'm going to give the artwork a four. I'm going to give it oh, wow. a four. It's very much written. I'm sorry. It's very much drawn in the Jack Kirby style, which I appreciate. It's not exactly the same, but especially that first giant illustration, it's very much the Marvel way of how they used to draw characters consistently. So for that, I I, I will give it a four. For the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is only generous because of how it was laid out between jumping back and forth between the flashbacks and the modern era. Um, I think in some areas there's to go from like no exposition to have an entire page where you're just having like 20 conversational, you know, word balloons popping out. That was a mm-hmm. bit jarring towards the middle. I'm going to go ahead and actually give the story and everything mm-hmm. a three. So I'm actually going to give this a seven out of 10, which At the forefront, when I saw this, especially seeing that was only 15 pages, I was like, this is not getting any higher than a six. I think a Hmm. seven actually kind of shows like there was a lot of potential of this. This is Mm -hmm. not written or drawn in the same way. And given the other comics from Marvel at the time, this is a departure because of the violence alone, because of that, Mm -hmm. because of the themes. Yeah. I mean, we could compare this to like the first issue of the Hulk evil military guy experiment gone wrong. Is he man or monster? But Mm -hmm. you know, you compare that to this, this could have very much just been a redux of the incredible Hulk in many ways, but it wasn't, this could have just been another type of Wolverine, but it wasn't. So for that, it's like they were able to take something simple, but also just give it enough twist to actually Mm -hmm. seem fresh.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I mean, I think what I'll what i'll I'll start with with the art, okay on my end um, and, and I'll, I'll start with this just first real quick like if if you're like a super comic book tourist tourist, excuse me, and uh, and you're you're looking to be like blown away or something, I don't know if this is necessarily for you, but this is this is a 100 percent fun book. I mean it's in a lot of the stuff that's detailed on here. You're going to have, ooh, like what the hell, like moments like that reading this in just 15 pages. Art, I give it 3.5. I have seen uh, better art uh, in in this um, era and everything, in the 70s and everything. I have seen somewhat better. Um, This is still, like I said, strong, and the paneling is really, really strong. So I think 3.5 is good. you guys go by decimals or no? Yeah. Okay, cool. And for the story, I I think I'll give the story 3.5 as well. I think um, the story, you know, it is kind of cliche and then things happen that way. But I, I agree with everything that you said. The way the paneling is done and then the violence that's involved in this book just makes it flow. It's very cinematic and it just makes it go. And you're like, you get through it way quicker than you thought you were going to get through, even though it's only 15, 15 pages. But I was thoroughly entertained with, with, with this. And I, I never in a million years thought that I would get that. So that, that's what that's seven for me, too. Yeah, so this is a total fourteen out of
2: twenty, which by second break comic standards, this is a good Sunday read. Yeah. Now, I, I usually like sometimes I'll say this just to say if I like a series. Like this is a series I will, you know, I would like to continue. I, I'm already a few issues ahead. So I have an understanding of like what's gonna happen, but this is definitely something that I'm I'm gonna read through because um okay. I mean it's just it's just fun. It's just fun. And uh, you know, a story like this, a character like this reminds me of when I was younger, picking up a lot of stuff for the first time. And even though this is a book from like 50 years ago, mm-hmm.
1: this is, this is pretty freaking fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. And, you know, reading this a second time around going through it, I understand why in his uniform, he's got the, uh, the United States flag on it in the, in the beginning. <laughs> Cause I thought I looked it over again one more time. And when he's the hitman, he doesn't have it. So I thought that, I didn't like, even notice that-
2: it went missing. That's clever. <laughs>
1: He's like murdering people with like a, <laughs> in the United States.
2: Could you imagine him going into like Eastern Europe, gonna go like bump up some mob bosses? And it's like, this is brought to you by America. <laughs> That's almost more impersonal than drones. I feel like if you know you're about to get murdered, it should come with some blinking eyes and say it to you. <laughs> I almost would rather have my death robots be actual zombies than uh right. than drones at that point. You know, at least add a little bit of cinematic flair to the terror <laughs> you inflict. <laughs> but um oh, yeah, shit, they dude. uh they they go ahead and there have been a couple different Deathlocks. Um okay. the the last Deathlock was a completely different character. Um there's somewhere, you know, in the future. Uh, he's like a freedom fighter there's there was a wep- there's a wolverine weapon x uh series that came out it's it's i i have a complete run of it it's just called wolverine weapon x and the final i think the or maybe it was like the second volume of it you have a situation where somebody's actually created like hundreds of death locks and they've sent them back in time to like hunt down wolverine and uh oh, in america yeah it was so cool i think it's just called like I think the I think the arc was just called Deathlock or something like that. Mm. But that was just fucking cool because you have Wolverine and Captain America fighting like an army of Deathlocks. And mm. uh oh what they have to do and this is what's wild, what they have to do is they have to go back in time and they have to kill certain individuals. So they literally they literally steal the plot of the Terminator. <laughs> In which they have to go back and, like, kill people who are, like, members of the Resistance leadership. Right. And um, Wolverine has to stop it. So sometimes Deathlock is this character of Luther Manning. Other times Deathlock is just an alias that multiple people can take. And they still look the same. But, um, you know, I think that's what's cool with the character. He can be – I mean, it's kind of like The Crow. You okay. can have multiple people be that character who have really nothing to do with each other, but they can all have very distinct stories. And, uh, you know, sometimes they're just there to be like stormtroopers where, they, you know, you just blast them away and shit like that and Wolverine is killing them. But yeah, I mean, I um I have a greater appreciation for Deathlock after this episode than I did before.
1: Yeah, me too. Like in you know, opening, uh, opening the show, I was like, why are we doing this? And like after having read this and gone through it, Pretty cool, man. Like something like, you know, I'd like to continue and see how it evolves from, from a uh, gen you know, decade to decade and see how, how, how he's been used.
2: Well, I would definitely say that if you want to jump onto a next one, I would go with the Deathlock series that was last published in like 2014. I think it was under the like the you know all new, all different Marvel era. But this is probably the one where I was like, I I wish they had kept it going before they canceled it. I think they canceled it prematurely. But also and and, you know, this isn't to say he's a bad character, but I you know, some characters are better when they work in Tamden with others. They're not always headliner heroes or headliner characters. And I think Deathlock you know, over time, he is definitely a better character when he has others to kind of work off of than mm-hmm. when he's in his own title. And, you know, that's not to say he's not a good character. It's just how is he used, who's writing him and what is the story? I think that's what right. matters most. Whereas you can go ahead and come out with mul- multiple Superman books and you know they're going to sell even if, uh, you know, even if they're not always great. Well, that does it folks i hope you enjoyed this as much as we did remember we go ahead and keep the fun going and more over at patreon.com slash second print you can go ahead and hear other stuff from token uncle brody and i such as the recent episode we did of Remzo versus dcu where we covered batman versus superman Don of mm-hmm. justice last week we went ahead and did another SBC pop episode with mark we've got so much more coming to you every week And if you want to go ahead and catch up on past episodes of the show, go ahead and hit us up at secondprintcomics.com. As always, if you forget all these awesome things I told you to do, remember there's only one you need to actually memorize. Have it, you know, tattooed on your chest like you're part of a gang or something. You know, name your child after this long section. It's read Comics! Change the world. Night, America.